Hi there, my name is Shelley Weir, President and CEO of the Florida Institute of Certified Public Accountants, and welcome to the next episode of CEO Conversations. I am so excited for today's episode. Here we are at the start of the college football season and in one of the most iconic stadiums in the state of Florida here at the University of Florida. I'm thrilled to be joined by Melissa Stuckey, who is the Associate Athletic Director of the University of Florida's University Athletic Association or UAA for short, a different kind of UAA than I know that so many of our CPAs are familiar with. Um, Melissa oversees the day-to-day -day operations of the multi-million dollar, well into the six figures as I understand it, um, athletic association and brings over 25 years of experience in college athletics, including the budgeting and financial management. Melissa, welcome. Thank you so Thanks. much for I being here today. So excited to dig into today's topic and um, just in this amazing venue, it's getting me into the yeah, spirit for right. an exciting season. Two weeks ahead. from now, we'll be we're kicking it off. So It'll be so exciting. Be well, share a little bit about kind of your role here, your background, what you do for the association just to get us started. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm the CFO for the Athletic Association. We have a very unique uh, structure here that isn't common necessarily to, especially inside the state of Florida uh, and amongst our peers in the Power Five, where we are a separate uh, 501c3 organization. And so all of our employees and staff, uh, we have a pension plan and they are employees of the association. Mm -hmm. So it gives me an opportunity to do a diverse set of uh, work responsibilities, including debt service, pension management, day-to-day uh, -day budgeting, fiscal responsibility, and utilization of resource. Fantastic. Well, let's talk a little bit about the UAA first, since it is so unique and it is something that um, is special to the University of Florida. How does it operate? Um, how did it come to be? And maybe a little bit about what your day-to-day -day responsibilities sure. look like. So actually, I'm very fortunate uh, to be, I did not create this, even though I've been here for a long time, uh -huh. but uh, Dr. Tigert back in 1929 actually incorporated the Athletic Association and our fundraising arm, Gator Boosters. And so he was a man of vision, I think, because it allowed for the association and our fundraising and our boosters to be able to be nimble and inside an industry that gave us the flexibility to both react, but also stay in alignment with the university. And so I, it was, it's a structure that was very forward thinking actually mm -hmm. at the time. And it does allow us, we're fully aligned with the university, with the state of Florida, but it does allow for us to be nimble inside of an industry that does shift and change and look a little bit different. And for those familiar with state structures, we are a DSO of the university which is a legislative state structure. So we are really fully and wholly owned by the University of Florida and the state of Florida. Uh, but we're able to take care of our athletes and do some things that uh, we need to do that are reflective of the industry that we're in, which is very much the concept then of a direct support organization inside of a university and inside the state. And I imagine it probably gives you a little bit of a competitive advantage when you're looking at recruits and kind of wrapping your arms around them and making sure that they're well taken care of while they're here at yeah, the university. Absolutely, absolutely. And and it does, it, it at times, the university, I always say, has to um, operate in such a manner that they 
have to manage to the majority. Mm -hmm. And we have a situation where our majority just can look a little bit different mm -hmm. and feel a little bit different. And the approach on how they come to the University of Florida, how they find the University of Florida, just looks and feels different. So as using recruiting, then it gives us an opportunity to put our best foot forward. Mm -hmm. And so that these uh, prospective students have the opportunity to come here and learn everything there is about the University of Florida, but inside an expectation around uh, a major college athletic program. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about what I know has been um, a bit of a controversial, but it's a, it's a huge impact on college athletics right now, specifically football with NIL, name, image, and likeness, which is still relatively uh, new to the concept here um, in collegiate athletics within the last couple of years, if I'm not mistaken. Let's talk a little bit about maybe for some of our CPA members that don't know what NIL is, what is it um, and, and how is it changing how you operate the financial management of the association here at UF? Yes, great. So actually prior to July 1st of 2021, mm -hmm. uh, prospective students and student athletes could not profit or manage their own name, image, and likeness. And so that was created by a state law actually inside the state of Florida. And then the NCAA, which has long been the governing body uh, for athletic departments, had also adapted its rules to allow for whatever the state law allowed around NIL would then become your set of rules or guidelines uh, around name, image, and likeness. And so a very significant um, improvement really for the life of a student athlete and for their ability to be associated with a major brand such as the University of Florida and to utilize that opportunity. Many of them to specialize in something even besides mm -hmm. athletics. Sure. And so they often might have been penalized previously where they could not utilize that specialization because it jeopardized their uh, NCAA um, eligibility. Mm -hmm. And so again, probably a really long time coming and we'll continue to move and shift and change as each of us develop from the perspective of the association, the student, the coach, uh, the university, and the state of Florida. And I love what you said about continue to develop because there's still so much um, that we're trying to navigate in this new world of NIL and it certainly differs state to state and, and university to university and in some cases. And I know that that is a very delicate dance with compliance and just the overall vision for how it's integrated into um, the programs here. So I commend you for what you guys are doing because I know that it's a bit like uh, flying a plane blind at times, absolutely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think for all parties involved, mm -hmm. right? So we each are evolving and learning almost every day mm -hmm. uh, what what this looks like, what it will become, what it means um, to, to everybody. It's amazing to think about where we'll be 10, 20 years from now absolutely. with this and looking back and how this moment was so transformative for Absolutely. college football. And hopefully by then we'll have it all figured out, right? right. Yes. <laughs> Just a bit more. Yeah. Um, so let's talk specifically here in the state of Florida, since we are both um, Floridians based here in our beautiful state. Um, for those CPAs that are members of our organization that may live outside the state of Florida, can we talk a little bit about the state of Florida's intercollegiate compensation and bill of rights and how that is 
unique to the state and, and what that looks like and how it kind of governs how you manage things here yeah, at absolutely. the association. So I think there's really some very key significant components to that state law that are specific to the state of Florida. The first being that the association or the athletic department or the university cannot compel compensation. Mm -hmm. So it must be done at arm's length. At the same time though, the entity is required to provide financial education, uh, be uh, aware, have information in and around so that we could help potentially advise when appropriate uh, to assist a student athlete. Uh, so that is a challenge though because that's not consistent across all 50 states. Mm -hmm. So even within the footprint that is the Southeastern Conference, uh, their state legislation it may not exist at all. Mm -hmm. uh, it may look different. It may have varying components to that. I think another uh, key uh, component as well has to do with regulation from the state's high school association. Mm -hmm. So in our particular case, as a state, as a, as a high school athlete in the state of Florida, uh, you cannot profit from your name, image, or likeness. Um, and so that may differ as well. So again, it's complicated and we will all continue to move forward to provide the best opportunity to the student athletes and the prospective student athletes. Which is the most important thing. Absolutely. Can you give us an example for maybe some that may not understand in layman's terms, what can we not do in the compel for compensation world? Give us an example of what would still be a no-no in today's right. world of NIL. And so let's just say there's a circumstance uh, where Nike, for example, uh, is our apparel provider and our exclusive apparel provider. And so we can assist a student athlete uh, to make contact with Nike, but we cannot be involved in any of the negotiation or utilization of any revenue or contract agreement uh, with the student athlete and Nike. Got it. And that's where that education really comes Absolutely. into play. It, that's kind of like sending an 18 year old kid off into the jungle yes. without any type of direction. Yep. Absolutely. Super important. Yep. Amazing. Um, what did the NCAA's well-being survey tell us about collegiate athletics and how does that tie into all of this that we're talking about today? Yeah, no, I think that survey is is an important important marker in time. I do think what's interesting again is we evolve over time. I think the responses potentially and uh, what there are in terms of issues for uh, student athletes will shift and change some, but I think it's a it's a good way just to gauge the temperature. It certainly uh, indicated that additional education uh, mm -hmm would be preferred. You know, I think for the group of folks that, that we're talking with today, when we talk about taxes and we talk about uh, you know, managing your own finances, this is a territory for some students that just didn't exist for them until after their college years or even well after their college years. So just navigating the complexity that is the federal tax and or state uh, tax. You know, where are you a resident? Uh, you know, are you an international student? So international students are very specifically excluded, actually, uh, via NCA rules to be able to be compensated for name, image, and likeness. Good to know. So that's just an example 
of students need as much information as possible to help navigate. And a good example of where we can assist them in at least identifying providers and some information, mm -hmm. but again, at an arm's length uh, right. in terms of compensation. It sounds like this survey then, as you were thinking about it from the day-to-day -day operations in terms of how it informed how you best support the student athletes, it sounds like education really is at the top of the list as it should be. Yeah, right. Especially just in this particular component we were talking about earlier, there mm -hmm. was there's a lot of different components to that survey. Right. Right. And so just sort of overall quality of life and uh, resources and other um, likes and desires where student athletes can feel better supported. Mm -hmm. And so this is just one aspect of that. Definitely. So from your chair and you're sitting in the CFO chair, how has name, image, and likeness changed how you manage the accounting and finance functions? Yeah. If you think about a couple of years ago, before this was here, how has your world kind of shifted around given that NIL is now part of the day-to-day -day operations of the association? No, I think what is interesting is so far to date, not a lot really has changed, okay. right? I think uh, what re has been a challenge remains a challenge and will be an ongoing challenge for all athletic departments is the diversity of the student athlete and the resources that particular student or team or coach needs and how we allocate those resources. So really to date, we're a year in and name, image, and likeness has worked really in partnership with helping provide additional resources potentially to our student athletes. And it hasn't really affected the day-to-day -day, mm -hmm. uh, around how uh, we our resources are coming in and how we're allocating those. Mm -hmm. I would think that there's the potential over time that we might start to look at some of that differently. Mm -hmm. but. It literally is almost a day-to-day -day conversation. Well, on that note, we were talking a few minutes ago. Obviously, this summer, everything in the college football world has been all about conference expansion, right? Yeah. There are those that believe we're going to have these two super conferences <laughs> between the Big Ten and the SEC or, or something of that nature. And I think it was um, last week or very recently that the Big Ten came out with their media rights deal. And you and I were just talking, which is something that I didn't realize. When you think about these, these major media rights deals and the money that's coming in to the university and to the athletic programs, share a little bit about how that is financially managed across all sports here at UF, because we do have some sports that maybe are relying on this type of money, right? right. To fund their programs. So share a little bit about that because I'm not sure that everybody realizes the impact across the entire spectrum. Right. It's and I, I it's easy in the 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 140 uh, letters of a Twitter tweet, right, <laughs> to to jump to many conclusions, understandably. And so I think pulling back or knowing and understanding the level of resource needed uh, across all the institutions in our state to support student athletes and that experience and do so in an equitable. Uh, manner is very challenging and has been challenging. So I think that what it does represent, first of all, is sort of the value of the product, right? And so I say this often, we deal in emotional currency here. <laughs> so that is often a challenge uh, when you are in accounting and there's gap rules and there's um, Very black and other, white. <laughs> yes, other requirements that need things to line up black and white right. and, and many times are practical, but not necessarily in, in, in day to day. And so, um, 
it is it is a challenge to to navigate that world and then also it, there is significantly more revenue that is coming into uh, college athletics but that emotional currency we have most of our sports uh, you know lose money mm -hmm. and so or run um, a net loss mm -hmm. and so the impact though that your softball program or your gymnastics program can have both to your athletic program to the institution again the quality of life specifically for those sure. student athletes mm -hmm. and the folks that you're reaching inside your brand that is resources well spent sure right and so but you're going to have to have them <laughs> in order to do that and and to maintain it absolutely um, and so and i always say this too we are a, a microcosm of the campus so many of the same challenges that are happening more broadly uh around students and we're all you know we're all here for the students mm -hmm. is happening inside the athletic department as well uh, we just often end up uh, being a more forward-facing example of what's going on on campus and I love what you said about the brand because I think about my own little boys I have one that is a competitive swimmer and he's nine years old so he still has quite a bit of ways from collegiate swimming but that might be the thing that gets him excited about coming to the University of Florida but the swimming program may not be bringing in the same amount of revenue obviously as football or basketball or baseball does but in, in terms of that overarching brand it's critically important um, in the recruitment perspective. I mean and our swim program here is a great example example we had uh, three Olympic uh, gold medal athletes on our swim team here and one has graduated so we still have two though that are competing and so they we want to support that sure again, right absolutely it's it's, uh, it's it's an awful lot of fun uh, to watch those athletes compete mm -hmm. and represent the University of Florida and especially I you know really at the highest level for them uh, with the Olympics mm -hmm. and so it takes resources to do that so it's important to understand as these resources come in, and again, we read those 140 letters in that tweet, um, you know, and the zeros have, the zeros have grown, mm -hmm. for sure. They sure. have been, been added, uh, but at the same time, so has really our ability to then best support and attract the most competitive uh, student athletes we can. Absolutely. Well, I know that neither you or I are the commissioner of the SEC, Greg no. Sankey, thankfully, probably right. for both of us, right? I can't even imagine the pressure. But last question for you as we think about the conference expansion and again, the impact on the financial management with Texas and Oklahoma coming into the SEC, I imagine there are some very um, robust media negotiations transpiring and and um, especially in the wake of, of what happened last week with the Big Ten. Um, any closing thoughts on maybe how those two powerhouse brands might help to elevate the University of Florida brand and maybe some of the financial management and ramifications here yeah, at the yeah, association. Absolutely. And so actually our, our television contract had been negotiated about 18 months ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, it did not at that time reflect Texas and Oklahoma joining. What, what will happen from a fiscal perspective is that the additional income will then be divided now over the additional number of teams and everybody will stay whole. 
So not an immediate impact financially from those two teams joining uh, the league, mm -hmm. but from a competitive standpoint, from an emotional currencies perspective, sure. um, from the brand both of the conference um, and individually for the University of Florida, it's, it'll be a very good fit uh, inside the SEC footprint to add those two teams. It's it's interesting if, if you go back and you just look at uh, college football playoffs, you look at softball, baseball, I mean, so many sports swimming uh, mm -hmm. across the board, those two teams actually bring significant um, competitive uh, culture to sure. to the Southeastern Conference. Absolutely. And so it should elevate sort of all, lift all boats, if you will. Indeed, it's gonna be exciting to watch. I can't wait to see it all yeah. come to life in the next few years here. Um, anything that FICPA or our CPA members could do to help your athletes now as we're navigating this, this new world? Yeah, I would say don't believe every tweet. That would be one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you might have to dig like a little bit deeper. Um, and I would say the nature of accountants often likely these are folks are going to dig a little bit deeper. Sure. Uh, and then, you know, again, opportunity both to support uh, on an ongoing basis perspective and current student athletes who are going to have the needs really for services uh, from from CPAs uh, as they navigate their NIL world. And also too, just, uh, you know, I think our affinity with each of our brands. So many of us maybe went to the University of Florida or Florida State or UCF and um, support of the athletic mission of uh, those institutions, I really think is in line with what the state of Florida and those individual institutions are, are working towards. Very much so. And it's exciting for us to think about how the CPA profession as a whole can help with that education and help make an impact all for the better Absolutely. for these young adults. So, yes. Well, thank you so much for taking a few minutes today. I hope this will be the first of many conversations that we'll have over the next few years and wishing the Gators, this is the one time you'll hear me say this as an FSU right. alum, um, <laughs> wishing the Gators an amazing football season ahead um, and all the exciting new changes here at the university between the new football facility, Coach Napier being here. I'm gonna be excited to see how yeah. it all comes together. So sending you our very yes. best and um, for all all of our other football fans and our CPA members across the state. We thank you for joining us today and we'll see you on the next episode of CEO Conversations. Be safe and be well.